0: hello everybody welcome back to the show my guest today is brad smith he's a coach with over 27 years of experience and a lot a lot of wisdom and experience he amassed throughout his life expect to learn how brad coached over 400 ceos how to achieve consciousness through meditation that can help you grow in business and how to handle stress that will actually make you grow and not stressed and a lot more of course I felt extremely touched after my conversation with Brad because well, he is very, very wise, and um thanks to these kinds of conversations with people that have gathered a lot of experience throughout their lives, I understand that well, there's a lot of life ahead of me, both good times and bad times, and there are a lot of people in this world that have already gone through these experiences and want to give you tools to well, handle life better and easier because, well, they didn't have those tools. Now they do and they want to share these tools with you. Before we start, however, I just want to mention to you my newsletter. Would you mind getting a short email from me every Wednesday that is packed with goodies, value and a bunch of cool stuff I recently learned? Easy to sign up, easy to cancel and absolutely free, with a bonus of only 5 minutes of reading time. So, if you'd like to receive value for free, go to to tuttop.com/newsletter. Again, that's to the top.how slash newsletter. But now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brad Smith. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. Glad to be here.
0: Great. Thank you. So let's start with well, your background a little. Um, you've been a CEO and a coach for over 27 years now. How, how did you do that? How, what kept you going?
1: Um, at the time I started my coaching practice, I was doing um, and had been doing analytical chemistry and formulation chemistry for almost a decade. So that means I took a concept from the marketing team, uh, which I was part of, took a concept from it, um, built it out because we were doing FDA-regulated products, uh, over-the-counter products, but they had to be done in a certain way and meet certain standards. So you start out with a concept and you build out the formula, the chemical formula that will do it over and over and over again. So if you wanna build out a a product that's gonna do healing in a certain way on your skin, then that's what you do, but you build out a product. And so uh, at the time I had been married to my second wife, ex-wife now, about maybe four months, five months, she was reading an article in the uh local newspaper sorry and um it was about a woman who had gone through coach university and as a result of that was doing executive coaching well i had both a bachelor's in chemical engineering and excuse me almost had a degree in chemical engineering almost had a degree in biochemistry but had finished my my degree get my bachelor's in business management. And then I had an MBA in marketing and finance. So I had the skills. And I watched, um, so did that. She said, she brought me the article and she said, Brad, you need to call these people. You're already doing this. You might as well get paid for it. That's the quote, right? So I dragged my feet a month or two, called them up, went to a seminar and said, yeah, I'll do this. And it was like, putting on a glove that I would worn over and over again it was completely comfortable with me. The only thing I had to work at was sales because I'm not, even though I'm an extrovert and gregarious, approaching people, I'm still a little bit shy. And so approaching people in sales was not in my forte. So that was my adventure. Okay. That's true. Because, well, all right, the other part of that was growing up, i watched, we moved from the Midwest in Indiana to uh, Portland or to near Portland, Oregon, so Corvallis, Oregon, um, when I was 12. And in that period from when I was 12 to when I left the house and afterwards, I watched my dad start 34 companies, start or be involved in the startup of 34 companies. And of course, kill 30 of them because he didn't have all the pieces together. He had a bachelor's in chemical engineering and a PhD in chemi- in um, biochemistry, and so he raised me to think like a chemical engineer. You have an end product you want to develop, you put all the ingredients in the beaker, you put all the uh, conditions at the correct, and then you get it so you can repeat it over and over and over again. And that's the approach I took to business. Get all the background in business, put all the ingredients in, and make sure that You repeat the steps over and over again until they don't work because things change, conditions change, and then you have to alter what you're doing. So that was my background. And that's why I started doing the coaching because it was kind of a gift back to all the experience and uh, wisdom that I'd gained from being in the household with my dad. And, you know, it's, it's fun to make people, you make people change people's lives in order to add zeros to their income and i've done that repeatedly i believe that's a great feeling so that's the background okay
0: so um you said your dad also had a degree in chemistry right
1: yeah chemical engineering you know chemical engineering which is a little different than chemistry chemistry is just beakers and chemical engineering is beakers and then the transformation up into regular ongoing processes and you take it from batch processes which some companies do batch process you know single or group production and then you turn it into an ongoing um, continuous process and that's that's the change that goes on you have to do a lot of chemistry and calculation and thoughtfulness and awareness in order to be able to
0: do that okay of course so um sort of like a more advanced chemistry applied chemistry
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: because I just saw this sort of correlation between the chemistry as you said and the business your father was building Mm -hmm. and then you so yeah some lessons I I presume that you have learned (laughs) from there
1: yeah yeah it's an evolution right so if you think of every human being as an individual beaker And all the ingredients they have, their bodies work, their minds work, their emotions work, and then they're in a business. And if you look at each person as a unique set of characteristics, but a universal set of characteristics, I think the thing that I have learned about life is there are no parts of your life you don't use if you're paying attention in every challenge you get. So if you put yourself in a situation where you're learning, then you're at the front end of whatever group you're in. If you're consciously pursuing learning, no matter what, but behind that, you have to be curious. So one of the requirements I have for my clients is they have to be ambitious, but they also have to be curious. And the third one is they have to be kind. If they're not kind, well, maybe the fourth one. So ambitious, curious, kind, and they have to have integrity they don't have integrity I don't want to work with them period
0: yeah understood. I completely understand okay and your father started 34 companies and in one of the videos on your website of your company I heard that you work in some of them so um which one were those
1: um several um well he had so he had five kids and he had all of the older ones it was nine 14 years between me and, and my youngest brother right oh. so it was a gap. but the older ones he would have all of us working if we could in whatever was going on. He had us manufacturing dog shampoo at one point and our job was to he'd put it together in the batch and he taught us how to do that right And then he had a out us putting it into bottles and we all would sat around and put, put the bottles in, fill them up, put the lids on, put the labels on and put them in the boxes. And of course we were kids, so, you know, 13, 14, 16, uh, we'd, we would all want to get done so we could go do other things that we were interested in. And so efficiency was what we worked on, which is what you want in a business. How efficiently can you make something happen? so that it takes you can get more done and things are effective so that's one of the things I learned from that business the dog shampoo business Um, he had a company that was involved in soil analysis the chemistry of soil analysis so I did some of the workup for that in the chemistry part in the chemistry part and that was. taught me me about processes and what goes on behind the scenes. Um, Then he had, uh, uh, one of the last ones I worked in was a company that took crab shells and worked them through to get uh, the core structure chemical in our fingernails and in crab shells is a product called, is a chemical called chitin, C-H-I-T-I-N. And that is a, It's a a benzene ring, six uh, chemicals, six carbons, but it's got pretty stable. And so we would extract that out of the the shells and make it into a solution. And I worked in that uh, both in the, uh, well, there was one more company. Uh, So I worked on that. And then um, years later, I went and worked as the uh, did the analytical chemistry. I have two brothers, and they worked in a, They own and work in a company um, that does the skin products, and the skin products is where I was doing the analytical work and the formulation work, and that was pretty fun.
0: <laughs> okay. And what kind of business hardships have you experienced while
1: working in those companies? Um, personally, uh, never enough sales. <laughs> okay. But, Part of that is if you don't reach out to people, how can they know you exist? Yeah. So, um, but the other thing I've discovered in the last probably five years is that I've essentially been hiding from the world because mm-hmm. if I know certain things, and and one of my great joys is teaching people what they don't know that I can help them learn. If I know something, my my job essentially is to share it in a way that they can improve their lives. So that's kind of my core driving energy, if you would. It gets me. So when I start with someone in the first hour, maybe two hours that I've worked with them, um, I know their whole character, character, and I'll get to that in a minute, Are their whole character, most of their character flaws, and the epiphanies it's gonna take for me to get them, that they have to have in order for them to get their company more successful. In other words, if you've got a company that's going along at a regular 15% or 20% growth, which is pretty good, right? And in order to double that, they've got restrictions in themselves that keep them. And so what I get to do is to map out the process and pretty much for the time I've done talking to them for the first hour or two, I've had a few that it took me a, a week or so, you know, a month actually. Um, so four conversations, but, um, most people are pretty straightforward in who they are and what's going to take to get them to where they need to be. So the story behind the reading people, when I was 18, fall term, freshman year at Oregon State, I developed an ulcerated colon and the bleeding was pretty bad and the pain was constant and I didn't understand the cause. I finally got to a doctor. Toward the end of the term in December. And the doctor said to me, and in three sentences, he changed my life. Okay. Brad, first one was, Brad, um, if you'd have waited six weeks to come see me, you'd have bled to death. Right? <laughs> but he had my attention completely. Then he said, You'll never eat strawberries or corn or lettuce or anything else with roughage in it ever again in your life. Whoa. And Uh, my my teen year old brain said, fat chance, buddy, that's not happening. Because I like strawberries, right? But (laughs) that was my intent. And then he said, the single sentence that changed my life, or at least started me, said, you have a psychosomatic disease. And I knew what that meant. Your emotions affect the severity of your symptoms. And in that that moment, I made the 100% full-on commitment to... Conquer the disease. So, if it was psychosomatic, it meant that my thoughts and my my emotional decisions for how I ran my emotional self, my psychology, if you would, made my disease, made me bleed, and I didn't want to die, and it made me hurt. And so, he gave me medicine. He changed my diet a little bit. And um, it took me about somewhere between nine months and a year to get the bleeding uh, stopped to where it was just once in a while. And then it took me probably another four or five years to get the the pain down to where it was not constant, it was just once in a while. And so that went on. So that was, you know, what, 23? Um, But it took me until, all right, so what that did was it taught me look inside myself, understand all of my emotions, understand what triggered them understand the purpose of each emotion every emotion you have whether it's anger blame criticism victim whatever every one of them has a purpose Um, almost all of them are pre you know pre-verbal decisions that i made or that you make right if you get angry about something who taught you how to be angry what were those purposes right and and you dig into that. So I dug into me deep enough. It took me until I was 47. I went back in and rewired a memory, a clear, clear natural memory that I had at 12 months, yeah, somewhere between 11 months and 12 months. I was walking and playing in the diaper pail, <laughs> Pull the lid off, playing in the diaper pail, swirling the diapers around, and watching the clouds come off the back end of the diapers. Totally freaked my mom out. God, God bless her. Mm-hmm. And she spanked me. And in that moment, I made the decision that I was no longer safe and no longer unconditionally loved. And because of that, I and I was potty training at the time, I pushed energy from my colon and it put more focus there. And it made, eventually, at the age 18, which is the normal, there's a range between 18, maybe 17 and 25, where colitis normally onsets, but that's because we're starting to deal with adult things. That 12 month old memory reworked with hypnosis to an adult perspective stopped my symptoms almost completely for the rest of my life. I'm 73. That's, so
0: that's interesting. Okay. And oh. So,
1: what that gave me was really deep understanding of character and all the effects of character in life. Emotions and how we run ourselves, who we are at the personality level, what effect that has on every, our relationships, who we attract into our life, the opportunities we attract into our life. And I'm currently working on a book about, uh, what is it, the synchronicities, synchronicity, the mechanisms of success, of character success, and synchronicity. That's the rough working title. So at any anyway, rate, but what that does is it says who you are and who you have decided to be make a difference in the success of your business. So when I work with a client, they get both character coaching and business coaching. I can do the tactical stuff. That's easy. I can do the the goal focus and the definition. That's easy. So it's like what? So I always start with, why are you doing what you're doing? Where does your energy come from? What's important to you? And then help them learn how to be leaders if they're not automatically good at that. That's about how do you self-inspire? How do you inspire others? And then how do you align them with what your vision is and the end goals you're Um, that's essentially what coaching is well exactly
0: (laughs) and have you heard about this book and all the sort of proven three traits of the most successful people
1: i'm sorry say that again please
0: um have you heard about the book that went out um i forgot its name but um, the lady there she's a professor of yale i believe um and she says Mm -hmm. there are about three like the um, Of scientifically proven traits that the most successful people have, have you heard heard about it?
1: I have not heard of that. I can guess that, but
0: where are they? I can tell you that the first trait the most successful people have is um, a superiority complex. The second is some sort of insecurity in them, and the third is the impulse control.
1: So they have impulse control or they don't have impulse control?
0: So they do have it. It means that they sort of have this tunnel vision. Um, when they have a sort of a goal in mind, they stay on the track. They are not distracted by any sort right. of different things, different stuff They in their life. They are focused on the road because they have the insecurity in them. So they need to achieve this goal because they also have this superiority complex that they are better than everyone else, some sort of well maybe variation of that that they need to prove to the world that they are actually better and maybe they have a higher mission <laughs> in, mm-hmm. sort of, in installs for them something like that so these are the, the scientifically proven three traits of the most successful people
1: interesting well most people have insecurities and if they haven't addressed them they drive they run them okay Right? If you run into people that are jerks, and I'll use that word, it's a kind one. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. If they're jerks, the reason is if you watch them carefully, there's an insecurity underneath that. The other piece that's not there is a self-awareness. So if they're not aware of themselves and their uh, interactions with other people, then uh, they can be just self-centered. So essentially what you've said is if someone has the insecurity drive them, and they're self-centered, right? They don't listen to anybody else, then they can focus a little better. So out of that, the characteristics I would have is focus, drive, and a subset of that is self-inspiration, right? And then the ability to line everybody up and have that happen the way you want it to. So alignment, so good communication skills, good self-awareness, and self inspiration skills
0: okay so these are your traits (laughs) that that,
1: that would would be my version of what she said okay
0: okay interesting um i I will send you a link to the book because maybe it will interest you maybe it will help you in some way so you can check it out
1: okay thank
0: you sure okay (laughs) this conversation went a little off the script right now (laughs) so maybe let's get back to to your father and how do you judge his approach to raising you and your uh, siblings
1: I thought it was (laughs) brilliant because my dad had three sons and he made sure that every one of us was driven to accomplish something and made us so it was like okay you want to go do this go do it, I'll give you a safe environment to do it in, but you have to do the the outreach, you have to put together, you have to solve the problem. So he was a problem solver and made us learn how to be problem solvers.
0: I envy you (laughs) in some regards. Okay, and if you compared college and working at your father's companies, which one was more important or more valuable experience in your opinion?
1: I don't think I could do one without the other.
0: Oh, interesting. How is that?
1: Um, The college gave me the mental understanding and um, my dad's businesses gave me the real world, world experience, which they do not have. They're starting to in colleges, but they don't put people in real situations where there's the learning tension, if you would.
0: Yeah, I know. I've started a company and I know that there is a real-world tension that you need to do stuff. There is no some sort of uh, well, way, like you have an exam and you can just write it again and hmm, so repair your grades and talk to the professor and it will be all fine. No, like the, the, the clients right. are here, the taxes are here, <laughs> you, like you need yeah. to work. And yeah. what is your opinion about on college anyway? Like in general.
1: Or my my opinion of college is, yeah. think of it as, it's very good, um, make sure you pick one that's good, because some professors are, are not good, um, but that doesn't mean that the degree isn't useful. My dad used to call those, my dad had a PhD, right, so he was, he was good at school. He made sure that every one of us knew how to learn, not just from life, but from books, right? And so if you can do both, then you've learned how to conquer everything. Okay. So if you don't learn how to, otherwise, if you don't, I think of college as a short circuit way to not have to do all the learning yourself. Oh, interesting. (laughs) You use other people's methods to learn all their study and research completely to do that. In other words, it gives me a chance. I've got, you know, six books on my, seven books on my desk that I'm processing through, right? some of them very deep information and some of them lighter, but I have a a voracious curiosity to learn. And so I studied a lot of things and beyond college. Yeah, I could have a degree in probably four or five things. If I were going to go back to school and finish a PhD, which I may do eventually, I'll get it either in particle physics or macroeconomics or social psychology those are the three or yeah those are the three kind of ranges that I work on hobbies if you would <laughs> so college college is well worth it because it proves to people that you can go through if you're going to get a job with someone for a period of time it gives you a background structure drive self management and it proves that to people when you go to apply for jobs.
0: Okay. I understand that because right? You know, right, right now is this sort of stigma that the college is absolutely useless and you shouldn't go there save your money. And yeah, not, not
1: true. Not true. Okay. Not awesome. true. Go to college and push yourself. Okay. <laughs> so I've been to school when I worked on my MBA, I worked full time, went to school as much as I could and you know finished but i worked full time as i got my mba
0: okay well <laughs> as i listen to the other people other guests like the majority of them actually says that the college is great and you should go there you should well finish it and learn from it and use it let's say not mm-hmm. let it use you as as it is the case with many people um, but in, well, in poland especially you have this advantage
1: that the college is free <laughs> so that's that's probably why. Yeah, yeah. it's important. And yeah. If it's well, free, we, also,
0: we also have the the paid ones, but there's also the free version. So, <laughs> but right. you have to pass the grades and pass the exams in an well, um, appropriate way. So, anyway. Good. Yeah.
1: Good.
0: Okay. And. you can said... go. It's kind of
1: yep. life and college are not that much different. <laughs> One way or the other, you're gonna run up to hard things and you need to learn your way through it. You either have to invent the solution or if you've got a book that will teach you, you can learn from the book and learn that way. It's easier actually than life.
0: And maybe what kind of a book would you recommend for someone (laughs)
1: to learn from? Um, Well, the first one, I got this one right here. I have several on my website. Hmm. Um, The first book I would recommend is an old book. Uh, It's Jim Collins. Actually, Stephen Covey's the first one. Uh, the seven habits of highly Effective people. Read that, right? Because one of my one of my key rules is start with the end in mind and work your way back to now. And then figure out what you have to do tomorrow, the next day, the next day, in order to reach that goal, whatever it is. Okay. First rule above that, and then the next one is make sure your motivation is accurate and you're well tuned into it if you are then you can manage the power of the drive you have yeah. self-managed power or drive is important
0: okay and regarding your company right now you said that your ex-wife sort of inspired you to start it well um, she
1: asked the question <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> exactly and uh was there anything else that made you well start your company right now
1: um no that was enough that was those two things the work with my dad and the question yeah you know and that that was the trigger for it okay so and what whatever you? triggers okay. someone it's like yeah I like work I like working for myself you know, it almost feels like I'm retired, but I get to do I get to do fun things. You know, I love talking with people and inspiring them so that they can be better. You know, I've helped several people become millionaires. And I have in my work right now two people that I'm gonna help make billionaires. Oh. That's fun. Yeah,
0: right. I agree with that (laughs) I would like to have have that experience myself (laughs) so and what were the beginnings of your company like
1: at the very front I had to figure out (laughs) um so I I had a few clients come to me at the very start right just a few like maybe three right and then I woke up one morning about mm, two years after I'd started the company and realized Oh, yeah, Brad, if you don't, so it got to a place where it's like, oh, yeah, Brad, if you don't figure out how to go out and get new clients, you're going to have to go back to work. That was the conversation for someone else. Do you want to do that? No, I love what I do. So let's figure out how to do selling and get new clients. And this was in um, 1998. Okay. The Internet was maybe a fun in somebody's life. Right, Any rate, but not not what it is right now. So I went to the library, checked out eight books on on selling. Uh, one was the best, "Secrets of Question Based Selling," that's on my website. "Secrets of Question Based Selling" by Thomas Freeze, and then got a list of the top country uh, companies in my area, and started started at the bottom of the list, right, and worked my way up. And by the time I'd finished cold calling through the list, I had a clientele. About what 25 clients.
0: Oh, so, that's a that's a great
1: uh, great score. <laughs> right. Cold but Cold. I had to learn. I had to learn how to go present it, to talk with them, to close the sale, to offer the opportunity. Yeah. So, I know to get out of your comfort zone.
0: It takes time. I know. I understand. I worked in sales, so I know. <laughs> yeah okay and apart from sales um, what were the biggest tr- struggles in all these years in your
1: company um almost none oh. <laughs> right because i show up i make my clients take their own notes because my goal is to not i mean i take my notes too so i can track what they've done but my goal was to make sure they learn because the evolution of their learning the evolution of their creativity the evolution of their business structure whatever they need to do i help them accomplish and my job is to learn how to ask the right questions so no no after about the first year almost no struggles whatsoever wow that's amazing (laughs) many people would wish that
0: okay and what sort of companies do you work with
1: human <laughs> okay no. doesn't it doesn't matter. It, it the only the only ones that i find it um, i actually have worked with all. Um, there's almost no industry i haven't worked with effectively there are a few that have a hard time with it but then those are the ones that are more bureaucratic um i've worked with government i've worked with government i've worked with um all the different industries literally almost all the different industries i don't do as well with b to c companies you know business to, to consumer as i do with B to, business to business businesses so that's probably the one area i keep myself focused on okay. is business to business
0: great and do you remember maybe how many clients
1: have you had all these years <laughs> part of uh, if you at the list, I I've lost track, but it's somewhere between four and five hundred wow clients over the years. That's that's a lot. <laughs> well, I suppose Thanks your too.
0: company is older than me, so <laughs> yeah,
1: there we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm twenty-one, so
1: well, okay. congratulations you've made it this far. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. I have a lot more planned up. Well, okay, if you look at human beings as individual beakers and we're here to learn. Whatever they're putting their self in themselves into, right? Their learning is their curiosity, is their drive, is their accomplishments. If you think of yourself as a victim, you. Uh, so, if you think of yourself as a victim, you will, right? What's one of the quotes I like? It's Like, if you can, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't.
0: This is this sort of growth mindset. Um, do right. you probably, do you maybe listen to Dr. Andrew Huberman or listen to his podcast or do you know him <laughs> by any means?
1: Um, no, I don't.
0: No, because, well, he is a scientist at Stanford, a professor there, and he also has a great podcast. And uh, one of the recent episodes was about the growth mindset. Um, in sort mm-hmm. of bro science way, I, I can explain it to you that if we believe that we can do better, that we can learn, actually, we will. But if we don't, our, well, the learning curve stays the same all, all the way. Right.
1: That's a self-limiting thought. Yes. I can't. Right? Exactly. So if you're a victim, whatever you think you're a victim of, right, you made the decision to be it. Exactly.
0: And how do you operate on a daily basis? I mean, how does your typical day at your job, at your work, right. look like?
1: Typical day. I wake up about five. Sometimes, you know, like this morning, I slept until six. Wow! wow. Right? <laughs> I get up. I do stretching. Um, I do my exercises. Um, take my vitamins. Eat a little breakfast, and then sit down at my desk and start working through the, the, my emails. And um, I spend somewhere in the morning. I will get to a place where I've caught up with myself. I will meditate from anywhere from half an hour to an hour. Um, that means I just sit and or or lay down, but I, I'm still and I find that uh, that helps me a lot. That gives me resilience. I'm a 28 year, 29 year meditator. Um, and that gives me awareness of myself and it gives me awareness of my surroundings, but also after time, calms my emotions took me about two three years into it i found that i was calm all the time and so um then then there's other things so then my normal day is you know then go through and talk with clients and um, do the marketing that i get to do and talk to people like you that's (laughs) fun thank you (laughs) i appreciate it
0: um and how do you approach CEOs that they listen to you and they apply your advice in their business in their life
1: what was the verb in that <clears throat> how, do, how do you how approach, do I approach them yes how do you approach them my goal so my job is to listen and ask questions and then to uh, inspire them to take the actions they need whether you know I do it nicely or whether i'm mean to them i'll tell them i'm going to be mean when i have a hard thing to ask them i will tell them straight out this is going to be tough right you've got this is a problem you haven't addressed it yet talk to me about it so my goal is to build rapport if i can't build rapport in the first hour i talk to them, and that first hour is always free if i can't build rapport we're never going to be able to work together because there's not enough deep enough alignment there so that's the key there has to be rapport we have to at least understand each other
0: okay, i understand and on the website of your company i well in the list of services i saw facilitation um, i believe i understand it in polish and but what does it mean as a service could you explain this to me in the audience
1: um, it means I listen to a whole group of people <laughs> and ask them questions that get them to des- design and collaborate and work toward the goal that they want to. In other words, I come into an annual, an annual meeting for strategic planning, which is most of what I do that for. I will help them define who they are. I will help them define what how they're going to do it and then get tactics. But I always start with, five words that I use why why are each of you in this room why did each of you so the very first time I did this was with a group of attorneys that were uh, litigators right okay so why are you why did you pick this as a career why did you why did you pick this company right and then why did you pick this particular aspect of your work to do so why is important because that's where the energy for motivation happens that's that's where the forward drive is and it also is the whole story people in that first conversation learn more about each other than they ever know just in day-to-day even if they worked for a decade together right so why is important then the next question is what what's the history what's the current situation and that's important to lay out and then what's possible? Those those two words, why and what, then lay out everything else. Then from what's the future and how all the parameters involved in that, right? Then you go to um, who who's going to be the champion for it? When does it need? No, um, see what's it? See so a little bit so why what who when and how and so the how is all the tactical stuff and if you lead them from the energy part down through the vision down into the tactical part and you stitch them all together that's a facilitation okay now
0: I understand that thank you for the clarification um, there are lot of coaching companies and honestly i think that there are new ones sprouting every day so how do you manage to differentiate yourself from the crowd and stay in the game for so long and still keep improving
1: so other than i'm ferociously curious um the way i differentiate myself was several but um it's important just because i have rapport with somebody doesn't mean someone else can't Right. But with coaching, the individual relationship is what's important. And if there's someone I can't coach and there's people I can't coach, right. There might be someone else that could. And so they're that rapport that alignment. And so that means that there's a room or place for almost all the coaches, because if you're really ambitious, you don't know what you don't know about yourself. There's a, a, a diagram called the Johari window, uh, put together by a couple J-O-H-A-R-I window. And it's four blocks. And the top left one is what you know and what everybody else knows about you. And the upper right one is you no know, see. And then the one below that is what you know, but nobody else knows. Okay. The upper right corner is what you don't know about yourself, but everybody else does. And then the bottom right hand corner, which is my goal is what don't you know and what nobody else knows what's completely unknown about you, but does exist. And so our job as a human being and a business too, is to understand what we don't know about ourselves. And the whole point of coaching is to give you an outside perspective it doesn't matter who you choose right but you you know and i've got a limited capacity it's like there's coaching that offers other people things but it's like what your goal is is understand that right hand column which is what you don't know about yourself that someone else could tell you
0: okay i haven't heard about right? that diagram but it's really interesting yeah. will be useful i believe okay and what what are some common mistakes that you see that ceos make
1: um well to talk about what they don't know about themselves right (laughs) yeah almost no one is really good at delegation okay i have a process that i take my clients through almost immediately what do you have on your plate that you have no business doing right What can you hire for way less than your daily or hourly rate that you're worth to the company that you have no business? Now, if you're just starting out, you're going to do everything. But as you grow the company and you can afford it, right? And we're a global company. We're a global economy now. I can hire people where you're at. I can hire people in the Philippines. I can hire people that speak English that um, understand my culture and can work and speak well to people in my culture so that are my clients right so um lost my track of thought ask your questions again (laughs) okay
0: Uh, i ask what are the common mistakes the ceos make okay so
1: delegation is one time management is another some people are um Some people are good at being visionaries, and some people are good at being uh, tactical people. And And if you're good at being tactical, you're not necessarily gonna be the visionary for the company, but you have to have people around you to do that. So understanding visionary work is hard, and I want people to understand that there are things they could do. My pitch would be everybody go meditate whatever method you're using, whether it's the Zen Zazen method, whether it's, you know, transcendental meditation or self-realization fellowship, those are the two major ones I'm aware of. Um, They're binaural beat, but whatever it is, your brain could run better and help you have more information. I started doing a series of practices that, um, and this has been at least 35 years ago, um yeah 35 years ago um and about a year and a half into that i realized i was standing and literally standing in the middle of my laboratory trying to correlate some things that i had done and needed to work on for the analytical work that i was doing and the formulation work that i was doing and realized that my mind could hold 6 times as much information as it could a year earlier, and <clears throat> realized that I'd opened up something in myself and my brain that ha- helped me think better. I would have everybody do that. And if they want to learn more, come talk to me. <laughs> you know?
0: um, what sort of meditation practice do you use? Because there are
1: many. I, I use So I use a combination of binaural beat which puts a sound at one particular. So there's four, five different brainwave levels. Okay. There's uh, beta where we do analytical thinking, alpha where we do our daydreaming, you know, like dra- drying dishes and washing dishes and, you know, think about when things pop into your mind, driving down the road, taking a shower or whatever, that's alpha. Theta is most of the sleep cycle. You go to sleep and you're in theta and delta is the bottom, bottom, um, the lowest frequency of the brain at the bottom end of a, a 90 minute sleep cycle. So 30 minutes at the very bottom of a 90 minute sleep cycle is delta. And then uh, I'm just learning about gamma, that's a different level. So if you go in and use binaural beat, it puts one sound into one ear, a slightly different sound into the the other ear, and it will take you down from uh, Alpha to de- uh, theta to delta. I can now consciously, because I've done it so long, shift my consciousness and put myself into conscious active theta constantly. Wow. Right? And you have more access to the subconscious and the superconscious as a result of that so that you can have more access. I mean, where do your ideas come from? They come up when you're creating something, they come up out of your subconscious. How do you solve problems? It comes up out of your subconscious. So if you open up your mind to those lower levels by meditating, um, you have greater access to your subconscious and all the brilliance that's there. The other thing that I, I personally do is combination of the, the um, transcendental meditation, which is a mantra. And when I hit consciousness in the morning, I literally start that okay so i meditate for you know 15 to minutes to half an hour before i touch my feet on the floor and then i do the binaural beat and the transcendental meditation at the same time those are my methods are there other methods yes and they're really good too but um, those are those are the ones i use
0: well, that's quite a menu of meditations <laughs> i need to add some to my routine because i usually do just the
1: breathing one and that's it so, yeah. Right, count the breaths. Right. Yeah. So eventually, what you're supposed to do, there's a book by Annie Besant about uh, introduction to yoga. And eventually, with meditation. So, you know how you'll be you going along, driving along, and you'll have realized you've just driven a mile and you don't know where you've been, right? It's like you're not present. So, the muscle that you use, if you would, the muscle of will you use to bring yourself more present or less present eventually in meditation you're you're learning how to regulate be aware of and then regulate your presence yes so that yes. you can be move back and just be still and watch so that you open up that and you can do it by choice and get to the place where eventually you've you know you can hold yourself in a calm state you know it's like i'll get emotional about something and then i'll stand back from it and say okay what's the purpose of the emotion and why am i what triggered it and why am i feeling that and eventually you'll get to the place where you recognize that some of the emotions you're actually feeling but that's only after you've evolved enough that you can be aware of your emotions directly and then you realize that other people's emotions are impacting you too. And so then you'd learn to differentiate between your emotions and other people's emotions, and eventually it gets to the place where you can differentiate between your thoughts and other people's thoughts. That's and that's powerful. the self-awareness.
0: That's powerful. Well, meditation is just, just powerful.
1: <laughs> it's very powerful, and there's a reason for it. But think of it this way. If all humans could do all the miracles that the, you know, the the masters had done, right? There's people in India right now that can walk on water. There are people right now in India who can levitate. They don't advertise it, but they can. There are people, right? There are people how I I don't know yet, right? (laughs) But it's a matter of you're deep enough and powerful enough that you they can and we can all human beings can they just have to do the work most of us cannot there are maybe two handfuls of people on the planet right now maybe a hundred that can do those things right but they exist and if they exist i'm going to learn how to do that and if it helps run businesses better perfect (laughs) i am
0: Forgive me, but I am a little bit skeptical about the levitation part. But okay, <laughs> I, I just need to see it. Okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, levitation is great, and I need to do it more often, honestly, because right now I'm skipping a bit. But it's it's powerful. Okay. Let's 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 maybe get back to your business.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Let's keep going. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, you said previously that you overcame the. Sort of the struggle with sales in your company. So, how do you mm-hmm. acquire clients now? Right now, do you use any medias or LinkedIn or anything like that? Uh,
1: is, you'll love this. Okay. The most recent client came to me because she, she, someone she knew, told her I was on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> and she called out and said, "Hi, how are you? I want to talk to you." So, actually, she emailed me. But that was that's one. Um, so that and uh digital marketing I do that right and then some outreach to people but not very much
0: okay well, I, I presume that you already established yourself as the company right. for all these well years. I know how to do
1: this stuff right yeah. but it's just of they have to know I exist
0: exactly so now you're like expanding your brand to the different podcasts right. to social media right. that kind of stuff
1: <clears throat> right Okay. well and I have another coach too so oh yeah
0: Order. this actually brings us to the question I wanted to ask you um do you have a coach yourself no you do um,
1: I have a couple different coaches I have one for Mark actually I have one for marketing I have one for sales um and then my other coach coaches me a lot plus here's I would put it this way if you're in a relationship and you're being really honest The whole purpose of relationship is to show you all the things you're bad at. Okay. (laughs) And to learn from that. The whole purpose of relationship, romantic relationship, if you would, is to learn and grow with each other, not from each other, but with each other. I get that. So there's an evolutionary process there too. Yeah.
0: Well, marriage and being in a relationship is a sort of infinite game that you need to um, just embrace and like you and the other half of you is there you're in this together and you need to understand how to make this you two against the problem then you against each other
1: right well most people go into relationship thinking that the other person is going to give them all the things their parents couldn't and that never works you have to give it to yourself first and then give it to other people. And I want to go back into all the stuff i learned from my colitis about my own character. The reason that I'm good at reading other people is because this is the radar we use to read other people. If you know yourself, then you can look at other people and empathize and understand where they're at. Well,
0: I 100% agree. Um, no. <laughs> You don't have to tell me the names, but well, there's the question about: um, Do you have any bad clients that were just uncoachable? You said at the beginning of our, before our podcast that you do not work with assholes. <laughs> so
1: I've, I've only made the mistake of allowing maybe four clients into my practice that I had to fire, okay. and that was early on. Mm-hmm. Early on, so that was part of my education, like listening well enough. Understand that they were jerks. There's other words for that, and were uncoachable. And watch how they listen and take the ideas in. And if they don't do that in the first hour, I don't bother to close the sale. Okay. So they just don't get into my practice. Come <laughs> on.
0: Okay. And how did you deal with them with those four clients?
1: I very kindly said thank you
0: okay just just that's it
1: yeah thank you not interested okay but I just said thank you (laughs)
0: like the most powerful thing actually (laughs) because many people just went into an argument or some sort
1: no don't do arguments no there's no point in that because if they're right they're right and that's perfect I don't have to have any 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 stake in it. <laughs> exactly.
0: And um, what do you think was their mistake that they were that uncoach- uncoachable? Was there a sort of a root of those problems?
1: Well, if they have all the answers, they're not coachable. Okay. Right? My job as a coach is to help them evolve and grow and make more money as a result. Put it this way. And this is a question. Can you... Can you grow a company beyond the limitations of a leader? No. Right? So if the leader has got limitations, the whole point of it is to help them grow through those and become more. And that's the coaching part, right? Like that's the insight, that's the coaching. It's not just about business. It's about who they are and what they do to accomplish it. And I want them to be successful. But if if they have all the answers, I want them to have all the answers, but not in my life. (laughs) Okay, I get that. Okay, thank you. Um,
0: And after 27 years in your company, do you have any regrets?
1: Um, Yeah, that I wasn't as wise as I am now, then. everyone
0: everyone wishes that
1: right so my my job is to have conversations with myself sooner and get myself so self-motivation is probably the only regret that i have that i didn't actually recognize that i was capable of more than i actually allowed myself to get to does that make sense yeah
0: it does okay this actually brings us to that my next question is um if you met let's say 20 year old brad (laughs) what sort of advice would you give to him
1: um i have a client that i developed this um acronym for gtfu okay and bear with me i apologize (laughs) grow the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) like that right take responsibility for your life no one else is the driver inside your life but you grow up make it happen don't don't give anyone else your self authority because you're the only one that's responsible for you period
0: exactly i think that where goes the blame or the responsibility where oh, goes the it, power
1: what's the purpose of blame the purpose of blame is to re- shift responsibility exactly. from yes. me this, this, to this. someone else, right? Yes. Yeah. And if I'm doing that, then they're in charge of me and I'm not.
0: Yes, and if you put the finger of the blame on yourself, then you are in power.
1: Yeah, okay. right, this. right here. It's Like when you point your finger, what is it? When you point your finger at someone else, how many are pointing at you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, well, as see you, I'm sure you must have gone through a lot of stress. Um, well and many situations so how do you handle stress on a daily basis if you have any of course
1: um i use my stress in a very conscious way to wake myself up and manage my energy but i normally don't even because i've been meditating for so many i mean literally almost decades right two two and a half whatever but because i've been meditating for so long one of the results of that is almost all calmness so if you're calm how do you recognize that there's things at the edges of that calm that are stressing you right and then how do you bring them in and use that so use all of your not just stress but use all of your negative reactive emotions anger blame criticism all of your negative habits right use them to talk to you and teach you I haul them up I bring them in the center of me and I ask them what's your purpose and why are you here what can you teach me so that I can be better that's how I use my emotions this is a great
0: approach to stress because there was one study that um there were two groups of individuals and they were put um, two different videos about stress one video was about how stress is negatively impacting you, like um, your heart rate is up, your blood pressure is up, you're feeling really bad, and um, right. all goes wrong. And the other group had the video that said that stress is good, stress is making you grow, stress is um, putting emphasis on the problems that you need to resolve. And then those two groups had a completely different mindsets, and the stress that they endured later was well, impacted them differently also. So... How do you put the stress in your life? How do you feel about it? Then well, this actually makes the stress good or bad. Right.
1: So I've been through two divorces. I've been through a bankruptcy. Oh. Um I've had both my parents die and people very, very close to me die. So um I've been only fired once <laughs> from a job. Every one of those major things in life are what I call brick walls. If you don't pay attention, the brick wall hits you and you learn the hard way. If you can see it ahead of time and slow down and not hit it at 60 miles an hour or whatever, then it won't hurt quite so much. And then you can resolve it. But every one of those big things, right? Like my first wife and I, um, our first child, died a day before she was born. And so because of that, it was like you don't see that coming. And what I learned from that is that the whole point of every one of those very, very hard things in life is to stand you back, wake you up, and have you learn your way through it. Everything. So death, birth, divorces getting fired accidents you know if you have an accident and all of a sudden you're quadriplegic the point of that is to learn right i learned that that's the key thing i've learned about all of life is there's nothing in life that's not painful that isn't there for you to learn from period well, there's the
0: wisdom i <laughs> have thank you um i'm really glad that i'm talking to you um someone that has gone through life with a lot of experiences both good and bad because well me myself i i know i haven't been through a lot of stress yet so oh, i'm sorry i'm not really an authority to talk about stress management or anything <laughs> so uh,
1: you will be give yourself
0: 20 or 30 years you'll be fine
1: at it <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you but i'm really glad that well i'm talking to you and I appreciate you talking about these things because i understand that i must have heard and well, life happens unfortunately
1: Yep, that's the whole point If if there's a purpose in life right stand back from it study it well enough you will have answers because the answers are there you just have to find them that's incredible
0: thank you and now um two closing questions (laughs) I usually ask my guests and what are two questions that people ought to ask themselves more often
1: um why am I doing what I'm doing and what is my purpose
0: thank you well because okay I know that the answers are always there but the right questions are the things that we should actually ask right so, yeah, right. what is your one? Well, the other uh,
1: thing, there's one other thing I would have is okay. stand back from your life and look at the patterns, right? Like from a third so person I, perspective. First person, what am I looking at? Look at your life and say, okay, why do these things happen? And if they happen, then what's the purpose of them and learn from it. Learn from the patterns in your life as well as the hard moments learn there we go <laughs> thank you
0: and what's one, fa- one <clears throat> your one favorite quote from a historical figure or a celebrity or anyone for that matter that will help you in your life the most
1: quote yes um on the back of my business card okay um i have this quote by peter drucker the best way to predict the future is to create it wow <laughs> great right thanks Well, that's deep and that's true. (laughs) So, well, I mean, you know, if like, if if you want a future, right. And you want, so here, here's my challenge to everybody. What would it take for you to add a zero to your income in the next two or three years, what work would you have to do? What are the results? So start with that end in mind and back it up to now, what do you have to do? So have that as your vision, if you want two zeros how long will it take you you know two more zeros in your income right it's like what would it take for you to accomplish that and then you know if you want call me let's work for <laughs> <it>. great
0: <laughs> and there's a one quote for you that's it's not my favorite one but it's from alex Hermosi. it's people overestimate what they can do in a year but underestimate what they can do in a decade so what's your take
1: yep. on that? i like that
0: <laughs> okay right yeah
1: what could we do in the next 10 years as a population as a species right what could we do in 10 years well
0: the future will show
1: (laughs) yeah we will show right i want people that are ambitious let's make it happen yes
0: well that's my goal too (laughs) on the podcast on the channel Uh, yeah well brad i appreciate you thank you for coming to the podcast and where should people go if they want to know more about you and your work
1: um if there's a way to put this in the, my website Stellar Insight Inc as I realized when I renamed my company that what I sell is insight right so stellarinsightinc.com inc.com that they can go set on a time to, to come talk to me if they want um and uh, learn about me that way so there we are
0: Brad, thank you a lot for a lot of wisdom so and i will put everything in my notes also and thank you again so
1: goodbye take care thanks so it's,
0: gents that would be it from this episode i hope i provide some value to you and if so please remember to share this podcast with anyone that would benefit from it and also remember to leave a review on both spotify and apple whenever you're listening to because this helps the show tremendously and doesn't cost you anything Please also remember to subscribe so you do not miss any episodes when they come out. So, I will leave you now. I wish you an incredible rest of the week. Remember to surpass your limits, and that winners are made in the darkest of times. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.